Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All righty, welcome along, cult pop show fans or Christmas fans. Maybe you're here because of Christmas, or maybe you're a Netflix fan. Maybe you're here because of Netflix. (laughs) There's three things you can be a fan of. Um, Yeah, Netflix, Christmas, or the cult pop show podcast. And I mean, if you're a fan of all three, this is the perfect center of that Venn diagram. Mm. Uh, because we're talking about the we've done this so many times already it feel it's a bloody chore we have to go through every year and by by we i mean myself richard my always co-host ajax if for sometimes and our sometimes friend jeremy <laughs> sometimes friend <laughs> <laughs> yes quite hello mm. hey hey jeremy haven't seen you since i was last sometimes hanging out as friends yeah. Mm. yeah hey welcome back to netflixmas everybody chestnuts roasting on my open eyeballs i hate this i hate having to watch these this is the worst mm. year that we've ever had <laughs> and this sucks this is stupid i'm not doing this anymore we, you know what the, normally the, aj <laughs> normally aj i'm the one who's like no it's amazing this is the only opportunity i get to come here and do this with you guys i'm yep. done this I'm, this year this sucked. is it this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. And I don't know who I'm standing up to because I know you both agree with me. I, I guess... think this was the best batch we've had. <laughs> Do not. Release the text. Release guess, the text. I guess I'm saying this to our fan base. I'm done with, with Netflixmas. Never again. I think... I think Netflixmas may live on in some form, but it's not going to be us covering every single Netflixmas movie. And tell you what, it wasn't that this year. Sorry, we didn't watch them all. None of us watched them all. <laughs> well, this it's year. like the, the line becomes blurred. That it, it's it's become clear we're not going to discover another class uh, through this. Mm. And I, I think there is merit in the the hallmark knockoff that they do each year because that's tends to be two or three or like in addition to their their sort of main canons they've got of princess switch the night before christmas the christmas prince christmas prince and the christmas chronicles that you know like we'll see what the lineup is next year and i think that there, there probably is some way that because no one's going out and watching christmas full of grace and wondering Oh, what do the cop popsha boys have to say about that? Exactly, it's bad content, so we didn't we didn't watch it. If there's no Christmas Prince and there's no, uh, oh god, what's her name? 
Vanessa yeah, Hudgens. Man. If there's no Vanessa Hudgens, it's not Netflix, Netflix miss. And mm. you know what? This year there was no freaking Vanessa Hudgens. So <laughs> there wasn't even one, let alone three or four. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think that there was ill portent last year when mm. we got the same number of Vanessa Hudgenses. I, I in, agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think Princess Switch 3 not bringing us a fourth Vanessa Hudgens just basically yeah it was like all all the all the vibes were off for yeah, the, the yeah, whole beginning yeah. of the end the war on Netflixmas and it's, <laughs> you it's, can't even it's, say it's, merry Netflixmas anymore happy holidays guys happy holidays yeah. happy holo Net streaming holidays. happy holo streaming <laughs> oh <laughs> that was better that was yeah that was good well to be yes. honest the, the group the group of movies this year looked so bad that I even suggested that we actually um we, we rebrand this to stream Me's Navidad, mm. uh, and we just do a do a pick of all the best of the streaming services because there's the spirit of the Ryan Reynolds uh, Will Ferrell film on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I even came up with a great name for it before we even started watching any of these movies. But you're like, nah, Netflix must have sacred. I, yeah, it, it, it's complicated. Like, I mean, I've also said oh, a year or so ago that I was like, I can't do off weeks where I have to watch movies anymore we used to do things where it'll be like oh let's all watch these three movies and then on top of the workload for film franchise four nights but i did say don't worry netflix must isn't going anywhere and we sort of did deliberately the last couple of podcasts kept it shorter franchises because so that we could make room for netflix must but it's it's not worth it anymore <laughs> well and 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 the funniest thing is that literally watching movies is now part of your job exactly like it's, it's following you into home, your yeah. employment yeah <laughs> look yeah i know people will be upset and even this is as, such a such a negative start to the podcast <laughs> even even as like the road the the journey had begun and we're logging falling for christmas on our letterbox etc etc even as that was happening and you know i was being like what's even the fucking point people are saying like this is your duty this is what we want you to do and every year people People who I don't even know, like, listen to the podcast, ask me what I'm doing for Netflix. Well, they don't ask, what are you doing for Netflix? Netflix was, that'd be insane. But they say, like, you know, can't wait to hear the Netflix. When are you episode. doing Netflix? Um, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. in December sometime. <laughs> When's Christmas? Um, so here's, here's what I have to say. I agree with you, Jeremy. I think Netflix must going forward its life on the Cold Podge podcast, if we continue it in any form, it should be readjusted to let's watch a bunch of like non-blockbuster Christmas movies that come out mm. around Christmas. And most of them are going to streaming now, so we can keep the yeah, whatever yeah. you wanted to whatever I your little it... name was, Jeremy, we can call it that. Streamies <laughs> Navidad. Streamies Navidad. Breaks my brain, dude. <laughs> because, because here's the thing if you are disappointed in the start to this episode and disappointed that we're saying this is definitively the last netflix miss here's what here's my point right this would be a better episode if we'd watch spirited the the apple tv or whatever it is the ryan Reynolds and hey guys spoilers for later on i did well fantastic that's, that's not this gonna would, come up <laughs> this would also be a better episode if we didn't have to watch 
Scrooged a Christmas Carol or whatever it is. Mm. Like when people joke about forcing us to watch Netflix Miss People, what you're talking about are these Hallmark knockoffs. You're not talking about this Spanish <laughs> one that you've never heard of. You don't want us to cover that. We barely remember. Like remember Christmas Crossfire? Because I barely do. But no, I to remember- be honest, though, there was some great content that came out of Christmas Crossfire. Well, I would say I I also really liked Just Another Christmas. I would say, and dare I say this, that's because we're good podcasters and not because those are movies that are, <laughs> are ripe to be made fun of. I think we make do with what we have. Remember the documentary we watched on the Nutcracker? Like, it's oh, the Hot Chocolate insane. Nutcracker! It's, it's a waste of time! It's a waste of time to watch all these. Let's just watch the silly ones! <laughs> no, but, like, how good was our coverage of Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square? That, I would that count was... that as a silly one, though. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying... <laughs> I'm saying we should next year we should put together a selection instead You're of You're saying we should stack the deck. Yeah. Well, we I, should I'm stack saying, the deck, Jeremy. I Thank you. <laughs> for people looking for some sort of idea of how we're feeling, I think we're we're like Daniel Craig at the end of his last ever James Bond film, <laughs> Spectre. Um, and I would rather have glass in my veins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so like Daniel Craig, you know, we're men of our word. You will never see another James Bond film from us. <laughs> Anywho, AJ, what other films we're talking about today? We're talking about Falling for Christmas. Yes, mm-hmm. we're talking about Christmas with you. We are talking about the Noel Diary. The Noel Diaries. <laughs> No, there's one diary. Uh, there's only one, one diary. diary. The, the Noel Diary. We're talking about Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, and we are talking about Christmas on Mistletoe Farm. Am I missing so, any? Uh, no, that's... Oh my God, I forgot I watched that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so as is tradition here <laughs> on the... <laughs> there are some we didn't watch if, if you're playing at home, but you guys can watch them. Let us know what you think. Um... As is tradition here on Netflixmas, the the order we talk about these is decided by committee. And what we're going to do is I'm going to count down from three and everyone say their least favorite one. Majority, that'll be the one we talk about first. Mm. So, has everyone got one in their head? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Three, two, one. Christmas on Mistletoe Farm. All right. What did you? Would you guys both say? Mistletoe we farm? both said Christmas on Mistletoe Farm. I said Noel Diary. Okay. First. first okay. So Noel Diary. <laughs> first interesting thing about Mistletoe Farm, right? So there is a 2022 Netflix movie, Netflix movie, sorry, called Christmas on Mistletoe Farm, which we're about to talk about. There is also a 2022 non-Netflix movie called Christmas on Mistletoe Lake, I think, mm. that just came out as well at the same time. What? It's unrelated. It's such specific mm. wording, but it's unrelated. I I didn't watch it. Maybe we should have. See, in a, in a streamies Navidad world, we could watch <laughs> that movie and talk about it. But yeah, like, so, what a specific yeah. phrasing to become two movies yeah. in one year. So the first thing that strikes you about Christmas on Mistletoe Farm 2022 is that 2022 is not only the year it came out, it's also the budget for the film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, God, this film is, oh. th- might be the cheapest looking film I've ever seen in my life. Th- there's, there's, 
What's it about? Can you all remember? Okay, so basically, <laughs> it's a it's a dad who has too many children. Um, all the of film them should be seem, called too many children. All of the seem, all the children also seem to be the same age. All the children also have too many children. <laughs> and um, and to make matters worse, his bloody wife's gone and died as well. Oh, <laughs> what a bitch. Um, so he is somehow managing to be a parent and get all the children off to school every day and then drive all the way into central London where he has a mm. high-powered, some kind of marketing job, would we say? Mm. or some, Yeah, because some, he lives yeah. in Thailand as well, so it's quite a... <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Does he? What are you talking that's a joke. It was AJ. a joke because he, oh, he commutes from central London, which you know he could live in central London. So I was right. giving some context for well, how he, long his commute is. He does not look like he. The place and I, where but he is. I was like, what's the funniest location mm. that he could be commuting from, which would result in quite a long drive? Thank you for yeah. explaining the joke. <laughs> well, AJ didn't. Get oh my it. god! Can we clip that and play that whenever someone explains? <laughs> <laughs> Don't well, give him the satisfaction. Do you know? Do you know that last year I was genuinely inquiring? Like I, I googled how much it would cost to buy you guys a soundboard, and like that was going to be my, oh, my Christmas yeah. I've looked at that before as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. But then I, I was just like too much admin and too much whatever. I like AJ would have to have the soundboard because I would abuse the shit out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, AJ, and like AJ yeah. would get AJ would get so fucked off. Of me. You would like you would be like I you'd be legit like um Parks and Rec Ira and the douche. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is le- legit our dynamic. Richard would use it too much. I would never touch it. So it'd be a, it'd be a bad. <laughs> Richard would have to plead with you, like, yeah. please, AJ, do yeah. it now. Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I, rec- I reckon. I, I was in a in a play once where I was I, I was playing like a, a robber, and there, there was this like really realistic heavy gun that they, that someone brought in right at the start of rehearsal process. It was like a BB gun or something. Um. And I was like, can I use this gun during rehearsals? Just because it's, like, it's the one that will be used on the night and it will be, uh, you know, like it has the right weight to it. I could sort of stuck it down my pants and all that sort of stuff. And the director was like, if you fire that once in the entire rehearsal process, <laughs> like you, you, like if anyone fires, like, like I'm taking that off you. And you know what? I never did. I can show restraint. That story from 10 years ago shows that I can show restraint because I did one that time. That one time I showed restraint. <laughs> and this is in defense of you using a soundboard that we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christmas on Mistletoe Farm is a really great... <laughs> well, okay. Like, so anyway, sorry. The stakes are... Patron- Basically. Let us know if you want us to put your money towards a soundboard, <laughs> <laughs> and also let us know what sounds should be on it. Oh yeah, Thank um, you for that would be a whole that- joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so he's got this job. Uh, his boss hates children because obviously the the you know needs a villain, and she's this cartoon like stupidly cartoonish villain. Horrible. Business does not involve children. Literally um, a line in the movie. Jeremy yeah, is not. That's said multiple times. It's yeah. the subtitle <laughs> of the film. Yeah. And so anyway, he he basically in the first like five minutes gets to work. He's being he's told that he has to prepare this like presentation upon which the entire future of the company like hangs. Um, and he's the only person who can prepare it, apparently. And then also he finds out that he's inherited his father's farm the aforementioned mistletoe farm, which is way out in the country in, in the UK. Thailand. 
Out of of the country. He he, he decides that he's going to kill two birds with one stone and go out to the country to get some peace and quiet, although he's taking his children, so WTF, Mm. um, and go inspect this farm, find out what's going on, see if he can flog it on um, and get it done, and also prepare this presentation of the peace and quiet of the country. So he goes out, finds this horrible boy who lives in the barn, uh, and the the (laughs) chaos is... What's his name again? uh, Beat... Beetle? No. Beetle. It begins with B. Bert. We got to remember the name because I want to rag on this guy so much. Someone I'm debating. Anyway, so um, basically the whole village is insane and thinks that they own him now that he owns the farm. Mm. Um, And basically he wants to sell it. The villagers try to take him selling... Bino, Bino, yeah. The villagers try to tank him selling the farm. Bino becomes like the pseudo father of all the children and they like him more than their own father. Um, His boss ends up coming to the farm to see what he's doing and chaos ensues. That's that's basically what happens. And then at the end, it turns out his dad isn't dead. He's actually the local Santa Claus. Oh, holy shit. That's right. Holy shit. This is so (laughs) fucked up. Oh, my God. This movie is so fucked <laughs> so um to 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 put i think we need to do a bit more um painting here just to describe i think we need to go deeper into the plot <laughs> oh, also so, there's a vet who he ends up having to fall in love with yeah forced to fall in love with and um, the mistletoe of course being magic on mistletoe farm and that mm. you hold it above someone's head they'll have no choice but to kiss you apparently <laughs> it's so, the roofie of the plant world yeah. <laughs> a couple of things to um sort of paint the picture one this film on netflix in new zealand is literally rated g right like it is the least cool rating you can have for a movie mm. like it is suitable for all ages okay so sorry to- can i just get you sorry to, to interrupt your tangent can you rank all the ratings in terms of coolness for us? <laughs> yeah okay in terms of coolness yeah r16 r18 mm. mpgg what's the um What's the reasoning for the, the top two being the So, R16, I think a lot of just good movies happen to be R16. Mm. R18, it can be the same, but often people are trying too hard to get to yeah, R18. Yeah. I, I might actually place R18 below M, actually. Wow, yeah. So, so for our American listeners, AJ's equivalent list would be R, PG-13, NC-17, PG-G. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you, do we agree? Do we disagree? What's yes. The story? Yeah. No, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I would. I would maybe quibble that actually PG might be above M, just because right. like, PG is cooler than M. I think that PG is like the kids' movie that knows yeah. what it's about. Madagascar. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that's the example. Yeah. That's yeah. that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that I'm just trying to explain, like, this is a kids' movie. Like, through and through, it's a kids' movie. Yet it's about, like, a businessman for some reason. Like, also a movie that was made by children. Yeah. (laughs) Secondly... It was made with pocket money. (laughs) (laughs) To to further describe this character of Beano, we were talking in our group chat, and he's sort of like a mix of Nick Frost and James Corden. Uh, And Jack Black. Sure, and more... I I think the Jack Black thing is just you. No, I, for context, I can't stand Jack Black. So <laughs> it's in a better film. This would be played by James Corden. And now think about what a crazy thing to say <laughs> that is. <laughs> this, if this this film would be so much better if it was James Corden. 
Yeah. And he works on the farm and he's very clowny. It's an actor who's just, the director has just told him, go 110% for every single line that you have. And, and basically, think- he, he is like the farmhand and, and in his, his role is to basically annoy the main character as much yeah, as possible because he he was the farmhand who worked for the grandfather uh, the, the father of the main character yeah and so he's like he was like a father to me that means you're my new dad what a great Beano impression the world's best Beano impression on the <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I described this movie to you guys because I, I think I watched it first I described yeah. it as um hot fuzz if there actually wasn't anything wrong with Sanford like it is a guy that goes to a from the big city to a tiny little town, um, and everyone wants to get to know him and be part of his life. Similar to Hot Fuzz, but there's just no dark twist. I mean, if anything, the darkness comes from the fact that all these people feel insanely entitled to this guy's life, which is a common theme for Netflixmas. It's like mm. this this idea that. Um, Christmas joy and wonder and homeliness is something that it is your right to press upon someone who's not down for that. You know, yeah, and like if they're not if they're not down for whatever version of you demanding hospitality and yeah. like demanding relationship yeah. like building between someone, it's that person's fault and they need to come into the spirit of Christmas. Exactly. Mm. It's it's and I think um this this attribute could be could be put on things like colonization is very much that, right? Like, <laughs> no, this is our way of life, you know? Like it's 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 such a broken way of thinking and and it's infuriating to see it in a, in a movie like this, where it's like, if I was the main guy, whatever the hell his name was, not Beano, the actual the Bean, dad. I, I would argue Beano is the main guy. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> well, if I was the dad in this movie, and people are like, you know, hounding me, and they're like, you must give me your mistletoe. You must come along to the pub to meet all the town. Well, folk. you must not sell your inherited farm you, that is like falling to pieces, yeah. and you absolutely have no experience being a farmer and you love your job in the city yep you must not do that if someone was doing that to me i'd be like can you back the fuck off i will do what i fucking want leave me the fuck alone i will be out of your hair momentarily i do not want to be here and the movie is trying to force a like and in the end he realized he loved mistletoe farm on a character who until the end does not love mistletoe farm and because the movie's narrative like it's narrated is on the side of the villagers then of course you know he eventually falls in love and finds out his dad isn't dead and is santa oh my gosh he stays around so the other thing is that like the i I think that the main character does a fairly good job of actually being like the audience surrogate every man like you know Mm. i genuinely did actually sympathize with him of like holy crap if i was in that situation this would be infuriating in yeah. every like so basically at, at a certain point he um he recontacts he finds out that there's there was a real estate company who was interested in developing the farm um and he reapproaches that real estate company and they send two kind of reps out to kind of like assess the value of the farm mm. and during their visit the villagers like literally they attack like, them with like they war, attack like them. A, they an physically army of assault farm them. animals and stuff. They, they they but they do more than just like pranking. It's like it goes almost beyond like home alone shit. Yeah, like yeah, it should yeah. be PG, frankly. It, it's it's like it's the, <laughs> but, but as I was watching it, as I, we way cooler if it was. Um, <laughs> as I was watching it, they I was like, 
there's no coming back from this. Like everything that the villagers are doing right now, like there's no like, oh, I'm sorry. Like we just got a little bit carried away or whatever. Like they were literally like violent. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, you can't come like the, the the whole writing of this and direction of it is so twisted. And they're like, oh, but it's Christmas. That that will just overcome everything. And it's like, nah, it just doesn't. It's no, so it's horrible. bad, horrendous, horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a bit toward the end after he's been converted to the cult that is this little town where they realize he left the gate open and all the animals are running loose. And he, um, there's a sheep. That a little lamb that gets stuck in a hole. And the way they rescue the lamb is Beano is like, everybody grab onto my legs. And those are they grab onto his legs. And then Beano reaches down a like two and a half foot ditch to oh, reach it, this it, lamb. <laughs> and what it is is like the the budget of this film did not allow for anything even remotely spectacle, right? Like so they just had they to didn't be even like have enough time for the crew to, to dig, dig the hole. Dig yeah. hole. <laughs> it is it is ridiculous. <laughs> that'll I, do it. That'll do it. <laughs> I think I think that might be the worst thing I've ever seen in a in a movie <laughs> with a budget. I'm not kidding, right? Like to to it's the only time I've ever seen one of these movies expect <laughs> the audience to imagine something that isn't there. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the oh everyone watching this is four, right? Yeah. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah. be sweet. Exactly. Yeah. It is literally you could bend over and pick up the lamb from this uh, dish. Well not if you're a little I've seen forty eight hour <laughs> okay, films too. put more effort into like their well, great yeah, great reference. Amateur student films put more effort in, exactly. For our international listeners who don't know what 48 hours is. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. What are we thinking? <laughs> oh, thumbs up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still it's still Netflixmas, so it's still obviously got this I quality I think most of the time with Netflixmas movies, I can think of someone who would watch this and enjoy it. Mm. I genuinely could not imagine a single person what about, even children that i know yeah what about one of your stupid little babies <laughs> yeah i was gonna say jeremy what would you do if one of your kids watched this with you and loved it and every day you know what like, i'm actually quite proud of the fact that i have been incredibly assiduous in the kinds of tv and entertainment that i allow my children to know exist <laughs> so right my so children you're, no, you're not like a fundamentalist like satanic panic christian mum who like won't let your kid watch the, the po- Pokemon, <laughs> like, but it's no, no, no. Like, I just won't let them watch to... the Wiggles. Yeah, right. Mm. You what the Wiggles is great. That's no, great. The Wiggles is horrendously annoying. Are you a to- fan of Bluey? Yeah, I what do you think Bluey. of Bluey? I've oh, been getting Bluey into is... Bluey. I don't even have kids. <laughs> Bluey from, is from the best TV yeah. that has been created in the last ten years. Yeah, from what I understand, like everyone fucking loves Bluey. I froth yeah. Bluey on on yeah. TVNZ Plus, this streaming service that Bluey's on in New Zealand. It's oh, really? like the highest rated show by like a multitude of oh. four. And like the thing is that Bluey will f- like the kids will be watching Bluey, and it will be time to get in the bath and go to bed, mm. and then we'll have paused Bluey. And then I will, instead of turning the TV off, I will like unpause and finish watching the episode. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe yeah. if it's a new season of Bluey that's just come out, I'll watch a couple more. Yeah. Do you see that, that like the the actors that play the two parents on Bluey met for the first time oh, last week? That was that, that was, they were on yeah. yeah they were on Jimmy Fallon and like it was so it's so bizarre because they play a married couple in real yeah. life. They don't even record at the same time yeah. at all. They've never and then they had come over to New York to do a live show at Madison Square Garden. Mm, that was the and first that time is when met. they met for the first time. And, and this was like maybe two weeks ago. What's crazy about it, and it's been going for like four years, mm. what's crazy about it is that they only reveal that like probably about six minutes into the interview. Mm. For the first like six minutes in the interview, 
you could tell they'd never met before because mm-hmm. their body language is so awkward. Like they're like the guy who plays Bluey's dad is like leaning over, leaning over on the couch <laughs> away away from her, and she's fully got her leg like crossed away <laughs> from him, like directed and has directed her body completely towards Jimmy Fallon, and is like not even acknowledging. Well, you would if it was Jimmy Fallon. It's hilarious. I mean, and on top of this, the the child actors are anonymous. Wow. You don't people don't know who they are because they don't want to like fuck up their lives with fame yeah, which and is fortune. which is cool. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So I I I catch Bluey on TikTok and like full episodes will just be yeah. On you TikTok. sent me a full episode the other night and I was, was like, what's did the you watch gag? it? It's no, the- I, I was I, I was wondering what the purpose was. No, it's just a really good episode. I was a little high, so I think I made which, which engaged with it. It was um. So they're at the playground and they're like, Dad, can we go to the creek? And he's like, yeah, come on. Oh, Appar- yes, apparently, my TikTok following say I'm a dead ringer for Bluey's dad's voice, even though I'm from a different country. But uh, people are always commenting, you sound like Bluey's dad. But like, um, shit, you don't sound American. <laughs> What's my only other exposure to an accent outside of this country? Yeah. You're stupid TikTok so, following. So they go to the creek and the whole thing is about how Bluey doesn't really want to go to the creek because she's scared of like the bugs and, and the spiders and the snakes and stuff which is a pretty valid fear for an australian dog um mm. and anyway they get to the they get to the creek and she's having fun and they're like doing a fake um day spa with the dad and they run out of mud so blue is like oh i'll go get more mud and she runs off to an isolated part of the creek and gets some mud and then across the creek from her like this bilby or something like hops along and she looks up at it and it's just like in this kids show is this like genuine wonder being communicated to the audience of like the beauty of nature and she she looks at it and it looks at her and then it hops away and she goes wow the creek is beautiful and i was like oh my god this is actually such good storytelling and it's honestly aj the number of times the number of times i've cried at a bluey episode (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even (laughs) anyway Uh, christmas at mistletoe farm who cares why can't it be bluey two one the noel diary Diary. the noel diary christmas with you but okay you both said the noel is it noel or is it the noel diary no because it's the the mother's name is noel Noel diary the no it doesn't have an umlaut on the e really ah we're calling it the noel diary then (laughs) because the whole time i was waiting for it to be revealed that it was the noel diary some guy named noel yeah um Mm. Yeah, AJ, what's this one about? Because you were very like, movies oh, shouldn't be about this. This movie is repugnant. This is like, this is why I said it before Christmas on Mistletoe Farm because Christmas on Mistletoe Farm was in- intensely annoying. At least annoying. Beano's fun, you know. At least Beano's fun. <laughs> At least he's a fun guy. This movie <laughs> is like preaching evil. Like Christmas movies should not be about this. So basically, here's here's our setup, everybody. We've got a a novelist. <laughs> remember how? Remember our castle for Christmas? We've got another novelist who's like got writer's block and doesn't know how to write his next book. And he, everyone loves his novels, so he decides to go back to his hometown to get some peace and quiet, so he can watch. By read the way, his, he's not struggling to write his next book. That's actually not a plot point in this movie. But yeah, okay. Uh, keep going. Okay, go I'm off, sorry. sis. Oh, sorry. No, it's not preaching evil then. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what's the deal? His parents are dead, or they've recently died. His mother just died and His left mother- him her house. Yeah, right. Because and you so- know, every movie a parent has to die and leave you a surprise house. Yeah, ne- wouldn't want to be a, a parent in a Netflix movie because would want to be a kid down. though. Free house. <laughs> 
Um, so while he's there, he meets like he, well, he gets back in touch with this this old lady who used to babysit him or something like that. And Neighbor. there's this there's this weird subplot where like he's invested in her getting fucked. <laughs> she gets like yeah. she matches with someone on a dating app, and there's this subplot about how he the he she brings this older man. Well, she's old herself, but the, you know a, a man her age as well brings him home, yeah. and then he doesn't leave. And then throughout the story, they become more and more in love. Well, it's because he's a writer and he helped her write her tinder profile right right i mean there's nothing wrong with i don't know there was the writer's block he had it wasn't with his book he was was struggling to my neighbor get some good d yeah so anyway this woman turns up at this house and she is like hi my mum lived here when she was pregnant with me like you took her your your parents took her in right um Mm. and i want to find I want to find her because I, I I was put up for adoption. I want to find my real mum, and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. right, right on." And and they, she goes to dinner with the novelist, where she reveals that she is engaged, right? And so Evil. eventually, eventually, they discover that there is a diary. A Noel diary, a Noel diary, if you will, hidden in the house that is very clearly from this woman's mother. And um, the mother, even in her diary, recounts meeting the main character as a child, which shines a light on the age difference. Which probably isn't that bad of an age difference. It's just a kind of weird thing to to put. Anyway, they go on this journey. For some reason they have to. He's go like find... literally seven years older than this woman. Like right. he was seven years old as a child. Yeah, yeah. Is like, that that's not we were all that much of an age. Old as a child. Fair enough. I'm just saying it, it, it. You're just trying to find things to hate about this movie. All right, I'll tell. What What do you all like right. this movie, Jeremy? Do you like this movie? Is that what you're telling me? I didn't mind it. All right, I cried fine. at a couple of. I so cried at a couple of places. They go. I think they're going to find his <laughs> estranged dad because he'll have more information on it. And there's all this bullshit happens along the way. The couple. Uh, the 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 guy and the girl end up getting involved romantically, and it's not like her fiance is a bad dude. You see him on video call a couple of times. She's very he seems like a fine dude, and then but then they they persist on having this romantic tension between this novelist and this this engaged woman and it's disgusting it glorifies it and they oh my end gosh up- it's almost like this has never happened in the history of cinema and it isn't like a bedrock subplot of uh, every go- single romantic movie ever oh go, go cry at bluey jeremy go cheat on your wife then jeremy if it's so normal <laughs> so and I just think it's it's weird when when you have all these options to create a romantic tension in the plot. She could be have recently broken up with someone. You know, she could have a dead He husband. could be James Marsden or James Marsden or <laughs> yeah, James totally. Marsden. And it just it just felt like or a Sonic movie the Hedgehog. a movie that was promoting infidelity in a way more than any of those other other movies do like like the notebook as a james marsden example right that Mm. relationship at the very least between ryan gosling and rachel mcadams existed before she met james marsden right so like there's Mm. precedent this is like she just throws away her entire marriage well it's fairly early on established he's quite controlling and it's not though he's not that bad of a guy you're crazy anyway they sleep together we're learning about aj here What, that I don't like, don't think cheating on your partner? No, no, you're just, like, he's not a bad guy. Like, he hits her and he... He didn't hit her! What are you talking about? (laughs) 
He's emotionally abusive, but like, come on. He's not. For the, everyone should watch this movie because he's not abusive at all. He's maybe like he's he's what? the thing is he's an absolute non-entity in the film, and so I basically didn't even like the the plot point you're talking about isn't even the biggest plot point in the movie. And I probably the reason why I didn't focus on it is because the rest of the plot point is about like an adopted out child finding out their past. And mm. you yeah, see, so this was the whole thing when you were like, movies shouldn't be about this. I'm like, she just wants to find her family. I'm like, <laughs> spoiler alert. Last Saturday, Jeremy just met his birth mother for the first time. So fuck oh, you, great. AJ. Well, now Spoilers. I can't say shit, can I? Because you pulled out it? some want- great uh, <laughs> touchstone of your life. You you had um, this life-altering experience, so I, now whole, I can't criticize a movie that vaguely The whole time, the whole time you were talking about this, I was just like, I cannot wait to bring this up. <laughs> nice. I love anyway. having major life moments out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, they end up. Um, sleeping well, how, how, together. Do, how does it end? Um, yeah, yeah. So they end up sleeping together, and then she's like, she leaves in the morning, and she's like, "Sorry, I have a fiance. I don't know what I'm doing here." Um, and mm. then so he goes and finds. I her do mum. have to say that was a massive clangor, and I agree with you there. Like that was a line they absolutely they can flirt with the like line until she breaks up with the engaged mm. guy. But yeah. I agree with you that was a big clangor. Because, and they're like, they're, they're like quite happily flirting beforehand as well. There's not an ounce of guilt or an ounce of like, you're not seeing any, anyway. Um, the, the guy goes and finds her mum without her and is like, you should meet and your daughter. Her. And the, <laughs> can you imagine? My God. <laughs> no, so then, then he goes and finds her and she's at home with her fiance now. And he calls her on the phone outside and she's like, you need to leave. I don't want this. And he goes, tell me you're not in love with me. And I was like, this is the behavior of a of a bad guy this is a narcissist Mm. this is he is the villain in this part of the story but the movie paints it like he's not anyway that's all i remember they get i think they get together at the end but i just thought it was it was it it was a movie it reminded me of judd apatow and especially this is 40 i reckon Mm. this movie was written by someone who cheated on their wife and then wanted to make themselves feel better about it so they wrote a movie which portrays the events of what happened in a more sympathetic life and i think the reason why infidelity at least from my perspective and maybe i'm naive and maybe i'm a beautiful little summer child the reason why (laughs) infidelity certainly not that seems to be normalized in Hollywood rom-coms, I think is because Hollywood rom-coms are written by powerful people who have cheated. Like it, it becomes too much of a, t- of a temptation to not Just... cheat when you're rich and famous and successful. And so they write it into their rom-coms to make it seem like it's just part of the tapestry of romance. Yeah, and, and, and also you're right. Cause it's like the, the, the reason why it's like the, the the I mean the main character is played by this absolutely gorgeous specimen of a yeah. man who's yeah. like a super successful author who like yeah. and she doesn't know she doesn't know that and over the course of the movie she discovers like just how famous mm. he is as an author mm. and it's like part of like the oh mm. and so yeah like actually when you I I didn't think about it like this, but yeah, when you stop and think about who's writing this movie, yeah. it's just like, well, as long as you're good looking and successful enough, like, yeah. of course, you know, like, I, I the think other there's person an would element be... of truth to that in real life, though. Yeah, it doesn't. If you're good looking and successful enough, you can get away with anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, th- for the record, this is based on a novel by Richard Paul Evans, who may or may not have cheated on his <laughs> wife. Uh, the film is written by Rebecca Connor, Honest opinion. David Honest Golden, opinion. and Charles Shire. So. 
just so you know, those are the people you're accusing of infidelity. <laughs> so, Happily. Happily. I, I want to, I have something to confess to you guys. I didn't finish this movie. I, <laughs> I got about say, 50- You cheated on Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got about fifth- where that was leading. I, <laughs> I, I am an engaged man who uh, I'm, yeah. look, I'm, I'm, I'm desperately worried I'm that my looking. wife, uh, my my my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I look at the soundboard. Hey, gonna have to deal with that in post. Anyway, I I got to about 15, 20 minutes before the end of it. I I decided to log it on Letterboxd at that point, and then I. I was tired and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. I'll finish this in the morning. And then I went to bed and I was like, oh, I've already logged it. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just never went back to it. Well, I feel very much the same because I don't remember what happened at mm. the end. So Is no harm, there, no foul. Yeah, th- this was definitely one of the more forgettable ones. This, this was like... I mean, I guess this would count if if we were just next year doing like, you know... This would be one that we still would Yeah, because this is in the mold, right? It's yeah, in the mold of a for castle sure. for Christmas. It's in like, you know, it's it's um it's a it's it's a writer, you know, like yeah. how many of these movies have a writer as their protagonist? Going back to small town, yeah, for closing. Very keen oh. to lasso this um how broad we're being with what will count for next year to be tighter <laughs> than this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I genuinely think that if this did not have the cheating subplot plot subplot is the main plot it would be like maybe a star maybe a star and a half higher for me like i just thought it was such a weird thing to try Mm. and fit into your wholesome not family but you know wholesome christmas well it's really interesting because like i'm like i i think one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time is sleepless in seattle and effectively minus and minus what I said, the clangor of, of actually sleeping together before you break up with the guy. Like that is, you know, like she's engaged to Bill, Bill Pullman, who was the proto James Marsden. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, he was nice enough, but just not quite like someone she was properly in love with. And so for me, I, there's kind of like the archetype of that in my head. And I kind of go, Oh yeah, that, that fits. And I don't really like explore it too much more. Cause obviously my mind is probably more on the, you know, discovering family kind of plot. Mm. Um, but How yeah, was the... meeting your mum, by the way, dude? Congratulations. Like for listen I've known Jeremy for probably I've probably known you like fifteen years, give or take, and this feels like a big moment that we should uh, talk about off off pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, AJ, when are we going to talk about it off pod? We never talk a pod. Oh, we are um, only sometimes friends. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was really good. I I mean, I got in touch. I got in touch with her. I always said that I would get in touch with her if it was real easy, if it didn't require too much effort. Because mm. I like for anyone who doesn't know me, I my I was adopted at birth, <laughs> and like my birth mother put a lot of thought into like creating a really really great. Uh, like environment for me choosing really great parents and she was totally right bang on my parents are awesome and i never had a big surprise of like by the way shocking you're you're adopted like mm. so i just think my adoption experience was pretty much perfect in terms of how you'd want it to go and so mm. everyone whenever i said i was adopted people would be like oh my gosh do you just like oh my so, god that do you want to be your real mum i'm like <laughs> 
uh, have my real mum. That, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. That's the you know, like uh, like and and also my attitude was always like, uh, everyone gets one set of parents pretty much, and I have my one set of parents. So why would I need to go and find more? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I recognize that I have a very amazing experience where like it was choice, and it wasn't like me being ripped away from my birth mother, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. There's plenty of really hard situations. Mine was not one of those. Um. So I always was just like, look, if it's you know, if it's easy enough to find my birth mother, I will just to sort of say, hey, thank you, you did a really good, you did a really good thing. Thanks for not aborting me, um, <laughs> and like, um, and you know, thanks for making amazing choices in terms of who my parents were going to be, um, and I have no sense of rejection. Everything yeah, yeah. you wanted happened, and so I found her email address last year, and I was like, ah, might as well, and so mm. ended up emailing her, um, mm. and it was like to her work email address as well, <laughs> and so I like I I sent I spent like two and a half hours writing the email, and then I like sent the email. I was like, here we go, thirty seven years of not being in touch with my birth mother, and here we go, I'm gonna do it, and um and so I like went over like into another tab did something else and then like about three minutes later i like looked over back to my gmail tab and it was like one new email and i was like oh crap oh my god it was linkedin notification and, and i went back over to <laughs> gmail was phone saying that you're and it was an email you. from her it was ah! an email from her and i was just like oh my god and then open it up and it's like thanks for your email i'm out of the office for <laughs> <laughs> See, this would be a good Netflixmas plot. Even that moment there would be a great beat in a Netflixmas movie. Mm. When I ha- when that happened, I was like, this would be the moment in the movie. Like that genuinely would be yeah, the moment. Yeah. Like that's it, my first thought. I've yeah. been poisoned by this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um but the really cool thing is that the la- sorry, this is getting way too much into my life. We can cut this. <laughs> we can cut all this. Um, also, there's only five movies to talk about this year. Um yeah. But anyway, the real cool thing is that I have a photo of like the last photo of her with me, like has written on the back, last contact with Jeremy. And it was like 12 days after I was born. It was kind of like by law at the time, like they had to have like 12 days where they sort of, you know, went away, had time to think about it, come back and, you know, make the final, final decision. And it says last contact with Jeremy, October 16th. And then her leave finished on October 16th. And she came back and saw the, saw my email exactly 37 years later to the day. Um, let's like, write this fucking movie, dog. <laughs> this is great. So, anyway, so yeah, Could there so, be a cheating subplot though? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so then, yeah, and so then it's been like, well, that was like October last year. And so then, mm. yeah, so we've been talking a little bit and then she, she lives over in Adelaide. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, she came over, we spent, like most of Saturday, hanging out. She came over to the house, played with the kids. It's really nice. Wow, she's cool. What was her first email back to you? What, what did it say? I'm on holiday for two weeks. Oh, I'm out of office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was really great. Like she just like because mine was like a, a novel, and yeah, she wrote yeah. me a novel back, nice, and like nice. explaining a whole bunch. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, nice. nice. Awesome. Anyway, yeah, three, that's... two, <laughs> one. Um, Screw falling, falling. No, Christmas with you. I think is my answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd co-sign on Christmas with you. Yeah, he's he's done for the last one. (laughs) (laughs) No, he just resigned himself to it. He didn't co-sign. That was a lovely story, Jeremy. But, <laughs> but, but times are ticking. Oh, yeah. But not as no, lovely gen- as Christmas with you. <laughs> yeah, no, generally that was, thank you for sharing that. That was, that was lovely. <laughs> so Christmas with you is about 
a failing pop, a pop star whose star is fading. She's just getting old. Yeah, well, yeah. she's a woman in the music industry. She's yeah, getting so old. There are replace there are replacement young women coming into the music industry, mm. and she is and she's not as she's hot. No longer. She doesn't have the. She can't sell tickets anymore, and. Yet she, meanwhile, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., who's, uh, you know... Who is getting We'll get into that. We will get into that. Yeah, his his daughter is obsessed with this pop star and she writes a little song. And then they think, her, her team thinks this would be the perfect thing to reignite your star is to perform with this girl who had the viral video to you and then... She ends up going to the small towns. Oh, no, no, but, but first of all, they basically, her, her record company are like, she's like, I want to record new music. And he's like, I want you to do a Christmas song. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. all I want from you is a Christmas song. And all she's I like, want I don't want to do a Christmas song. Is a Christmas song. Yeah, you. yeah. And so she's got the pressure to like yeah, write a new song. So she song. needs to write this Christmas song. So she, she, she goes to the small town um, to do like a little, pretty much just a photo op initially. Um, to get with, a viral moment with this yeah, girl, uh, to get a sort of name back in the press, and then ends up falling in love not only with the town, the dad, and the little girl, and it's your cl- and then from then on, it's your classic hallmark romance sort of. Oh, but thing. also, the dad They're is a musician, luckily, and yeah. he's written the first like five bars of a Christmas song, yeah. and he plays it, and she finds the music on the piano and convinces him to like let her basically yeah. like write the rest of it. And then, of course, it becomes a massive hit for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hit for Christmas. It's like, finally, a win for Christmas. <laughs> and one <laughs> After last the war thing, on Christmas. The, it's, yeah. the little girl um, and the pop star, of course, relate because both their mothers are dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, like yeah, if, it's if we say that the little girl has a dad, yeah, everyone exactly. knows without saying that her, her, yeah. her mum died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is one of those movies where it's like, it's 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 surely it's born out of like, what would happen if a pop star like actually went and met with like a random fan, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's such a and because the answer is I don't think this would happen. <laughs> this is very much this feels like a fantasy, like someone fantasizing, like oh man, yeah, imagine by a thirteen year old girl. <laughs> yeah, imagine if Beyonce came and saw me. This is, yeah, this no, is no, like, and it's not Beyonce. It's, it's very clearly. Imagine if J Lo came and right. like saw me. Like this is yeah. such a clear J Lo allegory. Like because uh, yeah. essentially, for those who haven't seen the movie, all the characters are Hispanic. Um, and so Which I didn't know about Freddie Prince Jr. until yeah. this movie started, and I was like, "Is Freddie Prince Jr. Hispanic? You're like, "Oh, this is problematic." <laughs> but it turns He's been out doing whiteface for all these years. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, yeah, to me, like this one and, and Falling for Christmas, which we'll talk about. These are kind of like. Yeah, this is the platonic ideal of a Netflix must movie. That it's like, yeah, they got one recognizable star, and it's mm. a, uh, you know, someone from the big city lights moves to a small town, and yeah, it's a town mouse, life. country mouse kind of deal. Yeah, Prince, it's, Prince it, and the Pauper. So it's like exactly, it's one of those ones. Swap that, lives. Yeah. No, no, no. But like, yeah, it's you know, it's a prince hanging out with the world's a, a taste of the other side of the tracks. A tale of two cities. <laughs> I lick the, the ground on the other side of the train tracks. <laughs> it is. Uh, yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's, it's kind of, for me, like I find it hard to really like overly hate in a way because like, whatever. It's paint know. by numbers. And this is this is what they are. Like, yeah, it's crazy that you can... <laughs> oh, you go for it. No, sorry, finish your thought. You've only got two minutes to talk about Freddie Prince Jr.'s face and hairline. Go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Legit. Like yeah. um I, I'm I'm trying to be trepidatious with this. First of all, I don't think it's as bad to talk about like an aging male star as it is to talk about an aging female star because I think um the, the oh, female, we'll get to Lindsay Lohan. The, the, the female side get a lot more of this. What what I think is tragic about this field. <laughs> about this movie is that Freddie Prince Jr. looks haggard in this movie. He has not been in anything for a very long time, and he looks so old. But the problem is, is how that, old is he? <laughs> I don't know. But the problem is, is I actually more blame like maybe hair and makeup because they're giving him nineties Freddie Prince Jr costume and hair and and stuff and it's like his hair d- isn't gonna do that anymore <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stick up like that it's it way too thin <laughs> it's not a good idea um and so it's not so much that like i resent him for getting older it's just more like the movie could have been a bit kinder to him i think like it's it's not very flattering i guess is what i'm saying considering. so what you're saying is that the hair department did him dirty yeah, oh wait so. exactly the thing that i talked about with a christmas prince two and three that you guys gave me shit for you're, you're talking me you, to a woman yeah no legit it's the the context of it's way different it's different when a bunch of guys be like they could have done done this 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 makeup but you're not blaming the person you're blaming the people who were meant I'm to do a good you, job of them. Anyway. Uh, fine would you like me to also blame freddie prince jr i'll happily do that as <laughs> <well>. <laughs> <laughs> what's crazy about it is that like He's still married to Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, who looks still incredible, like a, right? Like, there's still yeah. a Hollywood couple who's just like, like, why is he looking so haggard? He looks yeah. like he's got like no money for anything. Like, yeah. a, it's, yeah. it's bizarre. Why is he so haggard? What does he have to worry about? <laughs> I watched, I watched um, Clerks three the other day, in which there is a montage where they're they're auditioning for a movie based on the characters' lives, and there's a bunch of very funny cameos from different celebrities, right? Um, and Ben Affleck is one of them. And Ben Affleck in Clerks three is not playing Ben Affleck. He's playing some actor who has come to audition for the movie. But like Freddie the, Prince the, Jr. He's, he's got one character through the viewers universe yeah yeah right time, but yeah um and then free prince jr comes in who go at one point says i'm freddie prince jr and it's like what the hell is going on <laughs> and then sarah and michelle gall is there as well and they they alternate between them and it was that's why i that's why i think that's a great point to bring up jeremy because she still looks great but i guess maybe that highlights again the the double standard in hollywood that the the men are able to end up looking like it's, it's, it is really, it's weird though because it's like Sarah Michelle Gellar I feel like has been maintaining her like star power looks and it's mm. almost like Freddie Prince Jr. never expected to do another movie in his life oh that's and then such a good way to put it man yeah. he got called up for this movie and he's like oh shit um too good of an opportunity to turn down uh, yeah. nowhere near ready for it but okay yeah. alright yeah. let's go let's go yeah <laughs> I mean, Michelle Gellar has, has, like, way more, like... Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar has way more, like, cred anyway, though, doesn't she? she, like, she oh, yeah, Buffy. yeah, for sure. What did well, I, I, to be fair, I think Freddie Prince Jr. is, like, 
someone that's willingly stepped away from the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think you guys are being too harsh. If you're listening to this, Freddie, like, no, I, I've got no beef. With seems you, like an amazing like, dude, but like, genuinely, it was a massive cognitive dif- dissonance. Like when I was watching him, being like, "Holy crap!" And I felt bad about it. And then AJ said the same thing, and I was like, "Oh, you're seeing it too? Okay, good. All right, it's not just me." <laughs> so. Let's talk about the main um, thing to hate on in this movie, and it's not Freddie Prince Jr. Um, it's that so there are movies yeah. that are based around songs in the world, right? Yes, and thank you. Yeah, there there are there are movies like this where they're not very good movies, but the songs are really good. You guys, Eurovision seen Mu- Song Contest Story of Fire Saga, great example. Have you you guys seen Music and Lyrics with Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore? I know that one song. Yeah. The music in that is so much better than the movie it's in. Um, and this is a movie which, if it had, had if it had stuck the landing with, and you'd gone like, you know what, the song that they composed together, it really is great. And, you know, you'd look back on the movie and be like, I feel like I'm remembering this movie, liking it a lot more than yeah, I did. Like, if, even if it's just catchy, it doesn't have to be good. If it's just yeah. something I can remember the next day, well, yeah. I'm fine with that. The song that they end up making in this movie is the most boring, unnotable song. It's not catchy. It's not clever. It's, it's not also super tonally jarring between the verse and the chorus and the bridge. Like they don't match mm. at all. Yeah. And, and I would there's... sing it for you guys right now, but I can't remember how it goes. <laughs> and the thing, so there's, there's a real, I think the, probably the, the ideal version, the ideal kind of perfection of this exact thing where like a movie is about, people making beautiful music and like coming together is once mm-hmm. um and like the you know they 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 write the song falling slowly they also but they have a whole bunch of music that comes through that song mm-hmm. and like i have listened to those songs so many times they are just so beautiful and and as they rec- as they write the songs as they record them there's moments where they come together around instruments and something happens and you know their voices mixed together and someone adds something else and you're like, oh my God, it just got so much better. It's so mm. exciting. Mm. And so like other movies, like you say, AJ, want to have that moment where they're gathered around a piano and like this sort of mm. playing a simple melody and then all of a sudden they have a moment of inspiration and it's just like, oh my gosh. And the problem is that when it's not good, you have to have a character go, oh my God, that's it. That's yeah. that's so good. Do it again. And you as an How audience did you member, do that? And you as an audience member are sitting there being like, no, it wasn't. It yeah, absolutely everyone acts was like not. this is this is the next all I want for Christmas is you. And it's so stupid and average. And you know what? Not to not to downplay how hard music is to make. But I feel like I could have made a catchier song to end this movie with. Like, all you need is is just, like, some kind of rhythmic hook. It doesn't even have that. It's just singing words. It's such an uninspired song. Is another example of a movie that is, like, bumped up a full star because of its music (laughs) is, um, fuck, Cinderella Story Christmas Wish. Ah, one hundred percent. What a great, yeah. what a great cult pop Turian reference. Yeah, and also appropriate for this time of year. Yes, yeah. like that. Like that is one. That it's like the movie is garbage, but I still think about like, like all the trees, all the uh, all the, the toys, or the cookies for Santa. For Santa. <laughs> um, and like Santa gave me you is the song. Yeah. Like I can still remember songs for that. Even fuck hell, even Pop Star. I like some of the songs from the third one, Pop Star World Pup or whatever it was called, World, yeah. World Tour. Some of those songs are great. And it's like, 
it, it it tricks me into having a good memory of that film because I still think about my canine corazón. Yeah. And <laughs> um and but yeah, it's like this is just like just such an unnotable song. And what and, the, yeah. the first time that they perform it, it's at Radio City Music Hall and like she's got this entire audience of people and it's just like him on the piano because she's like, you know, oh, you've got to be on the stage with the piano with me. And he's like, oh, oh my years. I performed in Europe. They couldn't possibly. And then like, so it starts out really quiet and kind of piano and then it like builds and it's more of like a sort of a instrumental piano. side of things. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is really bad. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, she's performing on like Saturday Night Live or something. Like yeah. there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pop single version of the song that is played and it is so much worse. It made me look <laughs> yeah. back and wish for the Radio City whole music version. Like I was just like, yeah. Ah! Yeah. Um, I have got the lyrics of Cinderella Christmas Wish or whatever it's called <laughs> in front of me. This is an example of how to write a song that's still kind of bad but is catchy, right? Yeah. It go, this, is, this is an excerpt from it. It goes, This isn't something I would normally do But I guess the season's got me falling for you I asked for all the toys, all the goodies I left out all the treats, all the cookies for Santa. I wanted expensive things and diamond rings, but Santa brought me something that was much more true. Santa brought me you. <laughs> it's I great. Mean, at least it's that's a great cute. time. Yeah. At least yeah, that's exactly. cute. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure you put a bunch of jingle bells over there. It'll sound uh, Christmas. Uh, ambulation. <laughs> Fun so is everybody ready for our penultimate film? Did we really only do six, or are we forgetting We five? only did five. We only did five. <laughs> okay, I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh, so we were meant to do six, but we all decided to not to. It took the seventh one dropping unexpectedly for us to be like, we're going to do five. <laughs> <laughs> so, three, two, one. Scrooge. Falling for Christmas. Christmas Carol. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Fine. So, <laughs> Jeremy, what is Scrooge a Christmas Carol about? It is the fucking. Is this going to be the shortest Netflix conversation of any film ever? Sixty fifth retelling <laughs> via film of Scrooge of the of Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, hmm. and the worst part about this is that I believe that the the source material of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens is probably one of the most powerful stories ever committed to literature. Totally. Because even as crap as this movie is, it still made me cry in parts because of the power of the story. <laughs> like, like there's... Jeremy, like you saying it made I know, me cry. I know, I know. It's diminishing, so it's much diminishing returns on how much me crying at something really means, but still, like... <laughs> That, now me crying at something that's that says something yeah. <laughs> well unless you're high oh no, yeah that's true, true. <laughs> yeah then it blew no it blew is really good blue is really good i cried for the first time in almost three years today oh why i don't want to get into it oh right okay <laughs> big fight okay cool um so anyway it wasn't a relationship though. <laughs> so um it like you've seen you've seen something about a christmas carol hell 
We've already covered a version of A Christmas Carol, I'm pretty sure. I know that you guys have. With We've the covered Muppets. a Barbie one and a Muppet one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. It's such a good story. It's, like, super inventive. Well, what is the story, Jeremy? God. Oh, Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> is God. awful and cheap and miserly. His old business partner, Jacob Marley, comes and visits him in a dream and says, you're terrible, I was terrible, before you die, um, don't be like me change your ways i'm going to visit send three ghosts who will visit you tonight the night before christmas and get you to change your ways the ghost of christmas past comes shows him what his past was like and how he wasn't always a horrible geese bag uh the ghost of christmas present arrives shows him that you know other families and people still have joy on christmas even though their situation is awful the ghost of christmas future comes and shows him what will happen if he continues to be as awful as he is and that there will be collateral damage of innocent children dying because of his inaction and also people will be very grateful that he's dead in the future and he's confronted by this and wakes up on christmas morning and is super excited that he's not dead and goes out and basically changes his ways so the there's really there's like a few interesting actors play the characters in this yeah like Um, way better than this movie deserved dan stevens olivia coleman there's there's others too. Johnny Johnny Flynn, who I love Johnny Flynn. He played um oh, uh Mr No not Mr. Knightley. Um ah! and he was an Emma. He played the uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm seriously disappointing myself not remembering. Bill Nye. No, 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 no. Bill he, Nye. Played Bill he played Bill Nye. He played Bill Nye. He played Bill Nye and Emma. <laughs> no, um it, he's great. Um and a great musician as well. He he played um Bill uh, Bob Cratchit. Yeah. Right. Um Jesse Buckley is also in this film yeah. who is one of my favorite actresses. Um Man, who, her voice is good. Holy mm. crap, her voice is beautiful. Last year on the most anticipated films episode, I told Jeremy all about Jesse Buckley. I was like, "Oh dude, you got to keep an eye on Jesse Buckley." And as far as I know, this is probably the first thing you've seen her in. Uh, and also, this. what did I text you in the middle of watching this? What Who's Jesse Buckley? <laughs> <laughs> I really value everything you tell me, AJ. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, um, yeah. So the, obviously, this is it's an, it's animated as well. We didn't. I don't know if we mentioned oh, that. Yeah, it's a musical, animated. and yeah, it, it, like we just had this big chat about. Is songs. it a musical? I mean, mm. it oh barely qualifies. These songs <laughs> are so bad. Yeah, it's like this is one that I saw on TikTok, and I saw it was like footage of Dan Stevens singing, like and you know, alongside the animation. What what, what part does he play? Is it Dan Stevens? He's- no, it's not Dan Stevens. It's um, no, it's, it's the guy from uh, The Hobbit too, <laughs> and Beast. He played Beast. Oh, it's and, um, Luke um, Evans. Luke Evans. Luke oh Evans. no, sorry, Dan Stevens played Beast. Luke Evans played um, Gaston. Uh, Gaston. Yeah. You're yeah. so right. Oh my god, my brain. That's what that, that that's legitimately why oh, I was right, getting yeah, confused. Yeah. No, yeah. and Luke Evans is so much better. His voice is incredible. Um, I mean, I do love Dan Stevens, but yeah. Anyway, Luke Evans. Um. <laughs> It was footage of him saying, and I was like, I would see these clips on TikTok, and I'd be like, oh yeah, this one actually might be like our class this year. Jeremy's shaking his head at me. Absolutely (laughs) not. Jeremy is comically shaking his head slowly. And what's really interesting is that, like, it's not the fault of the singers. It's the fault of our stars. (laughs) Why would you Um, bring them up? It's... Like, what's really interesting also is that this is actually a musical that was done live action in, like, the 70s. Um, So the music... This this exact musical? musical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy who wrote all the music 
right like this is a redo of the musical Scrooge exclamation ah. point that was done in the 70s and you know how at the end it says like in memoriam of like Albert whatever his name is mm. that's Albert the is. name of the director who also like oh. wrote the music and so Albert whatever his name is in I memoriam think he, <laughs> yeah I, I mean someone can correct me I believe that some of these songs I don't think all of them but I believe some of them were from the original Scrooge like movie musical in the 70s Albert Finney no not Albert Finney um you sure oh maybe it was was Albert Finney mostly Brecoos yeah Albert Finney played Ebenezer Scrooge oh yes what did you say Richard uh Leslie Brecoos oh not Albert at all there you go it's dedicated to yeah yeah Mm. yeah so anyway like uh, and and when I saw that, I was like, oh, this makes sense because this music is jarringly like not the kind of music movie musical that you'd write now, but it also the way that they produce the songs is very now in a way that's mm-hmm. almost distractingly so. Um, so it's, a, I think, a odd combination when it comes to music. And also it's not a movie that like launches the songs particularly successfully. So like all of a sudden they're just singing and mm. and I know that some people think well, that's that that's what, we do what on it this is. Podcast sometimes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that that's what people think about all musicals sometimes, but there's definitely ways of doing it better and mm. ways of leading into a song that feel more natural than than this one. I think particularly the the song that Scrooge sings um, before the fir- before Jacob Marley's ghost visits him is. Not well judged. Well, Although song Luke about Evans how, sounds incredible. Yeah, but his song he he sings a song about how he's gonna have a good night's sleep, um, and <laughs> nothing nothing unnatural shall happen to me on this night, um, and then. Boy was he wrong. So on on Luke Evans though, I I have next to nothing to say about this movie. But one thing I'll scramble at it's at and saying is that Luke Evans what Scrooge. Too hot in this movie. Too young in this movie. Mm. The best Scrooges are the fucking 100-year-old men who have played this character over the years. Like, Scrooge yeah. should be this this hunchbacked, crotchety... like Michael Caine. Scratch- Michael Caine Michael is the Caine. perfect Scrooge. Yeah, for Michael sure. Caine. And I just felt like Scrooge was too young and hot in this for it to feel right. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's, we're, we're, it's the, the era of, like, Daddy Scrooge. <laughs> Zaddy Scrooge. All right, well, are you guys do you have anything else you want to say about Scrooge? Yeah, I, I, well, I think that the, I think the animators had too much fun with this mm. movie. I think they were kind of in love. Should with have what been they more c- of a crunch culture. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Elon Musk could really come into that animation studio and get some stuff done. No, I, I just think that like they were a bit too in love with what they could achieve visually with like the travel between dream worlds and the ghosts and stuff i do think that the ghost of christmas past the olivia coleman like the wax figure was incredible like mm. great concept really really liked that but then it kind of just lost its way and i got less and less interested after her um and yeah i don't yeah i, I would be very interested to know what children think of this movie because to me it seemed like it has it's too long has not enough focus for children well, yeah too long not very funny yeah mm. Um. Mm. So you guys ready to move on? Mm-hmm. Anything oh, else well, to say? What I would say, just because yeah. this is probably the only time that's going to be somewhat relevant, mm-hmm. is that of the two Scrooge adaptations this year, I'm actually kind of a bit either way on which one is better. 
because oh, I do think that Spirited, the first so twenty for the, to, to remind people, Spirited is the Will Ferrell Ryan Apple Reynolds, TV Plus, which is also a musical, right? Yeah, and 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 the thing is, the music of that one is written by Pasek and Paul, who wrote Dear Evan Hansen and also wrote um, The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah. Um, so like they are the hottest ticket, other than Lin Lin Manuel Miranda. Like essentially, if you're going to get a musical written at the moment, you either go to Lin Manuel Miranda or Pasek and Paul. I always stumble on his name as well. Yeah. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda. I said it first time. Fine. Good boy. So uh, basically, that's another, that's another one the for music. The, <laughs> good boy. So Lin, um, Pascal and Paul do an amazing job with the with the music of yeah. Spirited. The first twenty twenty five minutes of Spirited is super exciting. Like I texted you guys when I was probably fifteen minutes through, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And you guys were like, "Oh, it has really like middling reviews." Well, like, I was just like, "This is not going to last, Jeremy." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is how you react to every film. No, but, <laughs> but genuinely, like, do not react that way to every film. But like, I, 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 I fully um. I was talking to a friend of mine who started watching it. He and his wife started watching it and then they like fell asleep, which is understandable because they have a very new new child. Um, and he was like... They think they're tired. <laughs> um, and that he was like, oh, it's so good. It's really, really great. And then I found out that he basically stopped the movie at about the same place that I texted you, you guys. <laughs> and then both of us talked about the fact that it took us about three or four tries to actually get through the whole movie because it is so long mm. spirited is so long and it really loses its way and they mess with the original story in ways that just don't pay off and i just don't think it's as satisfying so anyway that's my review of spirited i genuinely don't know which is better because i think scrooge follows the original story so it's got the power of the storytelling mm, bro, but yeah. it's ugh, whatever i need them great just watch muppets christmas carol yeah I don't know if I if it's worth mentioning this um, just before we move on. Um, I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I never got around to it. So, what did you think well, of it? Then? I watched two movies, so that kind of <laughs> yeah. counts. I, yeah, you watched the next one. I feel like I'm going to be. Uh, I will have done the lion's share of the watching of the most disappointing. So. You'll hear plenty of my oh, voice. Oh wow, what a burden to watch all of the movies in the in the year. That must have been so hard. <laughs> um yes, I mean I was actually genuinely what I said about seeing clips on TikTok, I was like, damn, this one might actually be really good. Then you guys watched it, said it was shit, and I was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what you just said comparing Spirited to, to this movie, Jeremy, is really interesting because you're talking about um, what makes you dislike a movie more. It being just bad by itself or it being offensively bad. Like, it pisses you off, you know? Mm. And these are two examples of the same story and one is unfaithful to the source material and so it, it like, angers you and one is just boring and uneventful and uninspired, oh, right? I mean, I, w I wouldn't say that Spirited may be angry. It's just it, it bored me because it got really baggy and loose in the storytelling. So like one, the storytelling is still like, it still follows the story beats of the Christmas Carol and then spirited the production and everything about it is so watchable. It's just, I mean, Ryan Reynolds, it's got all the, like the amazing stars yeah. and just, it's high quality, right? Mm. But right, the but story, it's kind of like um, Jingle Jangle, whatever it was. Oh, that was great. Like, you better the, the, believe the, the, I'm the magic man G. <laughs> I you 
you guys at the time, you were like, sing one of the fucking songs then. Sing one of the songs. And I couldn't. And I fucking couldn't. And I've had that song stuck in my head for two years waiting for this fucking moment. There you go. Congratulations on going back and doing some homework just to try and prove me wrong. I didn't do homework. It came back to me. Jeremy, I've never been able to sit through it one more extra time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, I think that's... Jingle There was nothing wrong with Jingle Jing. There is an entire podcast conversation on everything that's wrong with it. And you can go back and listen if you're so such a big fan of doing homework. <laughs> anyway, so essentially Spirited, it's my there's some ass. great songs that I will probably <laughs> listen to again. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. What, what I was more saying is that you're talking about one film which didn't elicit emotion from you to any grand scale. And then you're yep. talking about another film which did elicit emotion, but it was a negative emotion, I guess. Is what I'm getting at. But I'm I trying cr- to do a segue. I cried at Scrooge. Sorry. I, I, did, <laughs> okay, I well, did cry at Scrooge. Fucking hell. Ignore everything I'm saying then. Let's talk about falling for Christmas. Falling Three, for Christmas, I two, put. One. <laughs> falling, falling for, for Christmas. Christmas. I put falling for Christmas in uh, before Scrooge in my ranking. And the reason for that was that because um, while I didn't like Scrooge, it didn't elicit a strong emotion from me, while falling for Christmas did elicit strong emotions f- from me. There and it was is. anger. Okay, you fucking clod. I'm trying to do a segue and you're like, hmm, no, actually, I think I'll explain my feelings. <laughs> movie none of us have seen a bit a little Well, bit you more. should be more clear. Do a little like <laughs> finger signal when I you're doing a segue. I was trying to be expedient, goddammit. Um, I, I, there, is, there was talk of falling for Christmas. Richard's waggling a little finger on the webcam and it's very funny. <laughs> there was there was hype for Falling for Christmas. When Falling for Christmas started doing the rounds, people were like, hell people yeah. Falling for it. Lindsay Lohan, it's Netflix. She's time serving again. so much cunt. <laughs> she's serving <laughs> she's serving a festive cunt. <laughs> Have so, you seen her pilk commercial? Have you seen that? No. She, she it's like this new thing. She's a, the face of Pepsi. And she's like, you've heard of leaving out milk and cookies and then has like a half glass of milk, pours Pepsi into it and then says, hmm, pilk. And then it's like pilk and cookies. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, but anyway. we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about it. You're listening about it, cunt. <laughs> oh my gosh! I so, was like every time we podcast with Jeremy, I end up so mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you're like, "Great pod, guys! It, Real this is a good podcast." <laughs> so in in the in the like the the hype of falling for Christmas being announced, there were a bunch of think pieces that got released, and I saw the same article more or less a hundred okay. times. The article, the headline was something like, "This is the the like high point of Netflix." It's the Citizen Christmas. Kane of it's the Netflix. yeah that was it. This is the citizen kind of Netflix Christmas movies. First of all, I think it requires further defining what you mean. Are you talking about like the best bad Christmas Netflix movie? Or are you talking about like it's actually good? Because if you're talking about that one, this is nowhere near the best the Citizen Kane. Of no, Netflix I think Christmas the Citizen movies. Kane is the platonic ideal of a movie. You think it's the and platonic, this is the platonic, ideal, platonic of ideal of a Netflix movie? But this is this is so. I think this sucked. I don't think this was any better than any of the other sucky garbage that we've had to spend our Christmas eves, Christmas seasons watching over the years. You know, like this Completely. was no no different, no better. It was oh, probably it's, it's a much worse. Bit worse. It's much worse than the Princess no, we Switch. We all put it. It's first, much worse than the night before uh, the night. Uh, yeah. What? 
The night before Christmas. It, it is yeah, night before. Yeah, yeah, the night before Christmas. I, to be honest, I think night before Christmas is probably my platonic ideal of a Netflix movie. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I think the, the supernatural elements are an interesting thing. Mm, to, yeah. mm. I watched this movie twice because the first time I watched it, <laughs> right. I was I was stunned. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I watched it twice because I was uh, first time I watched it, I was stoned, and I said to you guys, "Oh fuck off! I'll fucking remember." I was like desperate for a new spin on Netflixmas, and I was like, "Is it not more interesting for me to come in with this perspective that you guys don't have on this movie?" And you both got no, no, very dear listeners, dear listeners, AJ posited that he would be the guy on our podcast who watched all of the Netflixmas movies stoned. I don't year. have enough weed to watch the ball stone, <laughs> So anyway, like I was like, this is so stupid. But you guys were like, our friendship relies on you watching this. No, movie. I said this Richard is skating didn't even perilous- watch one of the fucking movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, I said this is pa- uh, skating perilously close to um, die alone territory. Yeah, here. for sure. That's the gun you guys pulled out, which I now realize isn't even fucking true because Richard didn't watch one in. T- t- plus 15 minutes of no no al diary of no diary <laughs> anyway and in my defense it is so funny that you watched this twice yes yeah, 100 so, that's it's the bit i think also I was, the fact that you watched it twice means that you acknowledge how funny it is so whatever man <laughs> i i was like fine you guys if it's really that important to you which clearly it fucking wasn't <laughs> i will i will re-watch this movie so i begrudgingly put it back on it started and i was watching it and i was like i don't remember any of this <laughs> i i did not remember the first like probably half of this movie at all something would happen i'd be like all oh, right her valanyagi dress <laughs> that, that was about it um so yeah i saw this movie twice but i bet i don't have any clearer of a memory of it than you guys do we both watched this we all watched this what probably a month ago now um so to, to talk about it last feels insane because the 27th long- of november i watched it on the 20- <laughs> 27th of November. Wow. So, so, what's it, Jeremy? Tell us what it's about. Okay, so I actually took notes on this movie because it was the first oh, one I watched, and go. I was real excited, and then progressively just got less and less excited for Netflix this year. Yeah. So, Lindsay Lohan is the daughter of Beauregard Belmont, the hotel magnate, which is a line magnet. that is said in the movie. He's the hotel magnate. Yeah, oh, sorry, the magnet. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes, <laughs> I corrected my incorrect spelling, but it was the. Cor- <laughs> She's. I. I want to be more than just the daughter of Beauregard Belmont, the hotel magnet. Um, mm. and she is essentially like Paris Hilton. Um, and she has a extremely flamboyant influencer boyfriend who basically is obsessed with how people on Instagram are viewing them as a couple. Uh, and I tell you what, when you watch him stoned, you're like, is he being coded as gay or am I homophobic? And then you oh, start I wasn't even stoned. And I was just like, this is real like, mm. but spoilers for the end of it. Turns out he's gay. Yeah, but but and those hints they drop that he's gay again when you're stoned, those hints are like, I am a genius for picking <laughs> <laughs> Like, I am so smart. I'm noticing everything. This is such a fun it. perspective you're adding, Adrian. <laughs> 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 so um so she she's given the role by her dad because she's an absolute dropkick who does nothing. Um and she's just entitled and you know, swans around with fashion, etc. And she's given a role by her dad as the the vice president of atmosphere of the entire hotel chain, which she's like, that's a good joke. I I don't want this. And, um, 
Oh, also, I, I have written down a line that her influencer boyfriend says, um, uh, why don't we just go outside and snap a few ussies? Um, which is truly awful. Oh, this is great. This is the platonic so anyway, um, they go, he, he basically takes her out um, to propose to her on the top of a mountain. Um, just before Christmas, because proposing and doing an engagement will drive up engagement. Lol. Um, mm, on that is so funny, Jeremy. Thank you. <laughs> um, so and oh, by the way, also in the same like sort of winter like mountain area, there is another like non huge commercial um like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Airplane hotel. No, like, yeah, like but but what's a, a resort like mountain resort? resort. Right. Um, yeah, and there's a there's yeah. one that's like a you know, kind of log cabin, kind of lodge style, like down home family. And one you'll never guess the uh, the status of the man that lives there that runs this. This he's um, both super hot, but also has real good family values. And oh wait, he has a small daughter. But wait, does he have a wife? Uh, no, uh, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, and also, Lindsay Lohan has a yes. father. Does she have a mother? She's oh. dead! Yes! <laughs> I think this this is the platonic ideal of a Netflix <laughs> So, essentially, um, while he's proposing... While the boyfriend is proposing... Oh, sorry, anyway. Uh, the, the guy who runs that hotel, the, the sort of, you know, family one, at the very beginning of the movie, he is trying... He, he's basically trying to... Wait, is he trying to get the big hotel guy to buy yeah, he, out? He, he wants the magnet yeah, yeah. to like endorse his resort or something. Well, to like buy it out, yeah, right? Yeah. To invest in it. Yeah, to yeah, invest yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The memories um, are too painful for it. Basically, they're, they're, they're <laughs> like, the, the resort, of course, is failing because, you know, it's it's just not. It's just not well, like his, his wife really took care enough. of the business side of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it hasn't been the same since let's say Lillian died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great fake Netflix Miss Mother name. Thank Lillian you. is a great memory name. Um, so anyway, uh, this guy, by the way, is played by Cord Overstreet, who was the dumb jock, dumb blonde jock from Glee. Well, he won the Glee project, didn't he? No, 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 no. No, um, the guy who won the Glee. No, no, Cord Overstreet was one of the original cast of Glee. And no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, he fucking wasn't. I'm going to tell you right now, he was at least in the second year. Oh, yeah. being at least in the second year is not the same. No, but the Glee project I'm was like sure he, four years in. No, the no, Glee project was the second year. I'm absolutely going to guarantee you he did not <laughs> win the Glee project. Like, absolutely not. Right, well, he certainly came in in the second season. <laughs> but he's he's not one of the original. No, he wasn't in the first season. But he's he was part of like the crew. Anyway, he came in. That's and right, was- everyone. The shocking reveal that Jeremy knows more about Glee than Richard. <laughs> <laughs> um, who won the Glee project then? Uh, oh, it was a guy who well, had very similar hair. Don't spoil the Glee project, um, guys. He had, People but he are had still brown watching hair. it. But he was essentially the same kind of looking dude. Mm. Because, of course, Ryan Murphy picked him. Anyway, um, so Cordover Street is the only... He's the la- He's literally the last man standing I who hasn't been cancelled from Glee for either child pornography or killing himself or drug use. Oh, you're getting cancelled <laughs> for killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, playing a disabled guy in a wheelchair when you actually had perfectly working legs. You know, Cordover Street... But wouldn't Street's- have been able to do the safety dance. C- Cordover Street is the only one who has come out of it smelling sweet. And so he is now... His shocking. days are fucking numbered, though. I'll tell mm. you what. <laughs> um, there's like there's there's a, a, a documentary series looking oh, for HBO maybe on like looking into Glee 
and like all the drama. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the wow. Glee curse, bro. Come on. Yeah. The yeah. Glurse. More anyway. interesting than Glee. <laughs> the Glurse. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. He's got a daughter. She's very cute. Um, she's of the exact right age where she will be useful to the plot and will not be like, you know, too much of a character. Um, the, oh, so back to Lindsay Lohan and her influencer boyfriend. They're at the top of a mountain. They're still at the top of this fucking mountain. He proposes. <laughs> she falls off the back of the mountain. He falls the other way. They mm. slide away from each other. Apparently multiple days walk. They end up multiple days walk away from each other. I'm like, how <laughs> bloody far did they slide? Um, Cord Overstreet's character finds Lindsay Lindsay Lohan does not recognize her from when he bumped into her into the hotel in the hotel literally the and day before. Ruined her Valanyagi dress. Mm. Yeah, and she <laughs> wakes up and has amnesia. Does not remember who she is. Which ha- I have to say, we haven't had an amnesia like head knock oh, in any of these movies. It feels like and we've had a thousand though, doesn't but it? But like, we, I feel I like feel like sh- I get them when I watch these. I films. feel <laughs> I feel like we should have had one, but oh, this yeah. is the first. So anyway. Uh, she has no idea who she is, so they and and oh, funnily enough, if she's given the right inputs, she can become a decent person and not just a mm. layabout wench. Um, mm. So <laughs> the layabout wench. <laughs> Over the next couple of days, she learns to do laundry and actually help out around the place and be useful. Um, she, she eats also bacon beca- in this weird anti-vegetarian message in the film. Oh my gosh! And like she, the way she cracks eggs is so crazy. She cracks them in her mouth, <laughs> like just scrambles around. Oh spits man! Them out. Anyway, spits them so out she the also pan. learns to become a surrogate mother, <laughs> and like one day she becomes like a viable mother figure for this little girl, um, and. They, of course, need to save the lodge um, yeah. but for Christmas. So they end up putting on a fundraising Christmas Eve party where, like, you know, a, can you imagine a day before Christmas Eve, a place that you went on holiday one time uh, puts out a, a, a flyer and says, hey, come to our Christmas Eve fundraising party at, like, 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And you're like, Sure. I got nothing to do on Christmas Eve. I'll drive all the way out in the snow to this random hotel I went to one time and give the place money. Well, that's what happens for like dozens of people. They save the lodge. And and finally, Lindsay Lohan's family catch up with her and her influencer boyfriend catches up with her. They reveal who she is. And she ends up staying with Cordova Street. Everything's fine. Influencer boyfriend ends up getting together with one of the guys who works at the corporate hotel. And everything's great. Yeah. The end. So, Christmas. Um, This movie had a line of dialogue in it that I want to be the one to repeat back to you guys. So no, no one fucking interrupt me while I repeat it back. This is like, I'm coming around to this being the, the Citizen Kane of Netflixmas movies, if that title is being given to it because it's particularly bad. But there's a part where, you know, in rom-coms where the, the love interests, they have a fight and there's a small falling out before they get back together. Um, she, she Lindsay Lohan, like, probes caught over street for like information about his dead wife or something like that and he's talking about how hard it is to talk about these things and she says something like something along the lines of like it sometimes it can help to to think of these 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 happy memories and he says what do you know about memories you don't even remember who you are which i thought (laughs) was such a funny line (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because because let's ignore just the blanket funniness of that line and that they take it seriously in the film you would still know about memories even if you didn't <laughs> who you were 
Like You'd by definition, you know what they are them. because you know you don't have them. Yes. Mm. It's, oh my god, it was like the perfect Netflix misline. I thought it was so funny, man. The other well, the other perfect Netflix misline that I wrote down that was hilarious. It was like as they were trying to make Lindsay Lohan this viable surrogate mother for this daughter within like a day and a half. Yeah. She's like uh, that. She's helping like the daughter like comb her hair, and she goes, um, "My mom always said." The worst tangles will sort themselves out if you just give them a little help. Oh, sorry. And I just realized it was the daughter who said that to Lindsay Lohan. Right. Because Lindsay Lohan was all like, I don't know what to do. And the daughter's like, my mama said, So this this empty metaphor about hair being your life. Yeah. And then I don't even, I I can't even remember what this was about. I do not remember this part of the movie, but I have written down on my notes, OMG, she's talking to a horse called Balthazar. Quote, thanks for your support. Lol. (laughs) Nice. Probably could have just not read that out. Um, (laughs) So I, uh, one thing I want to say about this film and the response it received that you talked about, AJ, is that I worry Netflix, and they've they've started to do this a little bit already, but I think that Netflix is going to try and start doing these films like shit baiting, like uh, yeah, and 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 being like, no, we're in on the joke too, mm. you know, like and like yeah, yeah, we're, like we're, they're still following the same formula, but we're aware of it. We're you know, and I mean, ma- they started. Joke. I mean, Princess Switch and Princess Switch Two was like one hundred percent in this. Yeah, but I, I'd say like those ones still had a but like because they, they they still had that sort of X factor. So like night night before Christmas had the uh, supernatural element. Princess Switch has the multiple bits. multiple people. But the, I'm I'm worried now that like we we're, lo- we're gonna lose the platonic ideal of one of these films that like. They need to be done with a certain earnestness. They need and to be I, Vin Dieseled, not yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> Seth MacFarlane necessarily, but like I think he is the a great example of someone who thinks it's funny to point out how bad your own thing is. Yeah, no, but I but oh wait, so you, you, they're going to go from being Vin Diesel to being they're going Seth from Mac- Vin Diesel to Seth. MacFarlane. Oh, so sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. you're saying Seth MacFarlane was an example of taking it too seriously. No, not at all. Could, could stand to it. take it a little more seriously. <laughs> you both completely agree. Please move on. <laughs> God. <laughs> mm. Fuck, you're tiring sometimes. You know I mean? <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> For the record, we're in my house. <laughs> I I also wanted to bring up, um, and maybe this is this flows into what you're saying, Richard. That like Lindsay Lohan, and I think Lindsay Lohan is a good actress right like in the the before she fell off the map completely she's in some before great she stuff fell off the cliff and lost him <laughs> and you know like like mean girls she gives a great performance in that for example she is so bad in this oh yeah that that it feels intentional like every line she delivers has the like energy of a of a christmas pageant play in a community theater well it, no it has the energy that like just before she said that, the director was like, "No, say it like this," and yeah, then right. said it, and then they yeah. rolled, and Lindsay Lohan said the yeah. line. I think you guys said that it's like her... right before they roll, the director's like, "This is your line." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or someone's reminding her, her assistant. She's like, "All right, read me the line again." <laughs> her assistant yeah. is is just off camera with the script, reading her line to her. Yeah, it, it's funny that because this is like you know everyone's like, "Oh my god, Lindsay's back!" Like she's been on Jimmy Fallon a couple of times, like since the and like this is the 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 start of the Lindsay songs <laughs> and the Lohanisons. Yeah, sure, it's only like, the Lohanisons. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
All right, like Stramese Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with a better one. I challenge you. I workshop that for a while. I can tell. Streamer car. Um, <laughs> what did you say? Streamer car. <laughs> <laughs> so that that I, I said to you guys when we we're watching this that it's like. it's not a very flattering movie necessarily like that she you know falls down a lot and she like goes sliding down all these hills and you know makes a complete fool of herself and like do you think that at the end of this day like you know she does this she's sliding down on her butt or something like that and then is like I'm back, back, you're baby. back Lindsay. <laughs> we did there it. Is, there is a bit Here in this movie. Here comes the Lindsay songs. This there is a bit in this movie where she's walking down a like concrete um snowy steps and she slips over and falls on the steps. And in the movie it's just like da doi, she slipped over. What a goofball. She would have like fucking bruised her tailbone. It's the most painful looking fall. And in the movie it's just like, oh you're alright? Like, oh you silly, you silly duffer, you clumsy little lady. Like but it's like mm. she would have like it looks really painful. There was a whole thing on Twitter about it where people were like, why is this not a bigger deal? This is like this looks incredibly <laughs> painful. So that's Netflix Miss. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Year. Before the, uh, the, the, the tradition of this every year is that I have to come in with something I didn't manage to say just as you're trying to wrap it up. And I'm going to do it again. So <laughs> it's my the, least favorite Netflix Miss tradition. <laughs> there, 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 are so, there are so many like weirdly concurrent tropes that go on through all these movies. And we talked about a couple of them. The weird thing we didn't talk about was that in Falling for Christmas, we've got the like flamboyant influencer boyfriend who like the same character but not actually shown to be gay at the end of it appears in christmas for you where the j-lo surrogate also has like an instagram boyfriend who like is obsessed with making sure that her fans have that and then also in christmas with you there's a um sassy black pa who is like so akin to the one in Chris in Castle for Christmas as well? It's just like it's just there, and, and then of mm. course all the dead parents, um, and mm. then also you've got in Noel Diaries and in the first Noel one, the no, sorry the Noel Diaries, um, and in the first one we talked about, which was um, oh, we've got farm. a, a Crystal Toe Farm. We've got a father character who disappeared from the main character's life who they then come to realize actually wrote them a whole bunch of letters and their mother just never gave them the letters literally the same story beat realization at the end oh turns out my mum was the bitch and not my dad like my dad so weird to see these (laughs) same things happening in these vastly tonally different movies Mm. well that's the thing jeremy they are different tones and as we always talk about on netflixmas different target demographics eventually these are all going to assimilate until (laughs) netflixmas is just the same script but aimed at a different demographic each movie we'll get five movies that'll have exactly the same plot but one will be for children one will be for young women one will be for like mums you know like we're gonna have the whole the whole gamut i think when you go into the netflix offices to write a netflix film at reception there's a bowl (laughs) of like plot tropes (laughs) and you're supposed to grab one and take it with you but this year they put it back in all right and so when the the next writer would come in it was that was just at the top so they kept grabbing them again i think that's what's happened Mm. 
Mm. So nice. that's Netflixmas for another year. We'll see you next year for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where we talk about not doing it anymore. Thank you for listening, everybody. And if you enjoyed this, please consider supporting us by uh, following us on Instagram or Twitter at Popsha. You can also uh, join the Discord, which there is a link to in the show notes. Come and tell us your thoughts on our thoughts. Uh, and if Ooh. you would like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash Popsha. We get to get exclusive things like exclusive little podcasts and you get to tell us which movies we watch and also you get to give us something to talk about in the post credit scene which is coming up just after this festive festive music mm. ends and Stay tuned who knows you could contribute to the cult popsha soundboard <laughs> we'll make that up <laughs> a patreon goal <laughs> merry christmas everyone merry All christmas right. Welcome along to the post credit scene, everybody. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you give us $5 or more over at patreon.com slash coldpopsha, you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Richard, what is it and who's it from? Today's post credit scene comes to us from Christopher Brown, who says, what films do you think would have been better told as a television series? Um, the classic answer I always used to give for this was Zombieland, which was conceived as a TV series, so it kind of makes sense. But I always thought it was really interesting how transparent Zombieland is for that sort of thing. Like, you've yeah. got things like um, the, the zombie kill of the week would be a great recurring gag yeah. episode to episode. You've got, like, a, a perpetual journey with, like, lovable characters, you know? Like, you've got, um, a, you know, even a celebrity introduction you know maybe there's a celebrity guest star every episode like there like they do with Bill Murray and if you watch the the first movie feels like it it culminates to w- what feels like a finale like in, in a tv show sense and then when they finally released Zombieland Double Tap 10 years later or however long it was mm. you watch that movie and you go this was written 10 years ago as the closer to season one because it's got real like dated tropes in it like one of the characters is like a blonde bimbo and Woody Harrelson's she's the character. funniest part of the film though <laughs> Woody Harrelson's character like hates hippies and I feel like both of those things were very bygone um and again it has like what feels like a culmination and mm. feels like a season final more than the end to a movie um so that's yeah answer. that's probably my answer yeah I try that like uh, worlds that you could explore a bit more District mm. 9 mm. that's such a good movie though yeah it is any answers Jeremy, Jeremy? <laughs> Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that I was still here because I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to add to this because I'm desperately trying to think of movies. Like, and it's like one of those things. It's like think of anything other than an elephant. It's like, but instead of that, it's like think of a movie. And I'm like, what's a movie? What I, what movie have I? Oh, you know what? Yeah. No, that's a shit answer. I mean, no, it's a TV show. 